0: to that person, whoever you are listening, you are loved and you are worthy and you are deserving of joy. But it's okay if you struggle to see that all the time because you live in a world that is actively every day trying to make you forget that. And so you're going to have your slip-ups and you're going to have your moments of doubt and you're gonna have your, your moments of shame, but you're also gonna have your moments of clarity. I have my good days and I have my bad days, bruh. Like today's a good day, tomorrow might be a bad day, you know? But when I have my good day, I I I I grasp that, that much tighter onto the knowing that I have at the core of myself, which is that I am a beautiful human being, who is worthy of love and who is worthy of being here.
1: I've got shit to say, and I'm here to say it.
2: You are listening to the Dope Black Moms Podcast.
1: I am joined today by Ziba Blay, author of Carefree Black Girls, and Tecumbo, the founder of Iana War Book Club, um, a book club and subscription service for black mothers and their children. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast.
2: Thank Hi, Nina, it's good me. to be back.
1: <laughs> welcome welcome um can we just do a little check any spiders anybody <laughs> <see us? laughs> I think
0: we are spider free thankfully
1: <laughs> good. So just before we started recording zebra had a bit of a shock and just a friend joined her and um, now 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 I think we're good so if we can all take a deep breath and recover from the trauma Ooh. yeah so zebra I wanted to take I wanted you to take us back to 2013 Mm -hmm. and just the start of the hashtag carefree black girls and really just what was happening for you, what was happening for black women in your life and what do you think the perception of black womenhood in general was?
0: Yeah, 2013, I I was in my early 20s. Um, I was in you know, that, that time of life that we we, we all experience where you're kind of in between. I was like, I think finishing up, um, uh, my last semester at the new school in New York. And I was like, you know, I was feeling very lost and I was feeling very depressed. You know, I had been dealing with, um, depression and anxiety at that point for, you know, more than half of my life, it felt like. And I, yeah, I was in a really hopeless spot. And so I um, found myself in a kind of spiral um, that that spring where I just was like, (sighs) I was just feeling so unseen and yet also like deeply like deeply afraid of being seen um and i found myself just like on the internet a lot you know and and that was sort of my way to find community and find um connection uh and there was one day in particular where i was feeling particularly depressed and i i just happened to come across um uh, a video of josephine Baker. And I was aware of Josephine Baker, but I wasn't fully aware of her story. And it was it was a, it was a sort of documentary outlining her her um, her roots from, you know, a poor girl in St. Louis to the toast of, of Paris in the 1920s. And I was so incredibly moved and arrested by her life, by her her vivaciousness, by her her care freedom. Um, that it momentarily pulled me like it just seemed to like shock me out of whatever like depressed stupor that I was in Um, and that sort of like was the inspiration for me to um, to post a selfie of myself online with with the hashtag carefree black girl and you know in that moment I wasn't necessarily feeling very carefree I think you know I, I wasn't feeling carefree, but doing that, use, taking up that space was a kind of gesture, um, a way to reach towards that sense of care freedom. And, uh, yeah, in the intervening years, the hashtag sort of became a safe space, um, digitally at least, for Black women to celebrate themselves and celebrate... Um, their joy. And and that's not something I necessarily take credit for, but it's been amazing to sort of witness uh, that grow, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. When when did it feel like, what sort of things were people sharing using the hashtag?
0: Just, you know, like... (laughs) just like joy you know like pictures of of girlfriends like you know at the beach and like you know twerking and you know (laughs) it's just I I think for me what's been really cool is seeing the many different interpretations of what care freedom and because ultimately care freedom is freedom what freedom actually means and I think that that was a big part of like why I wanted to write this book was you know how how an image can represent so much, right? How a selfie can just be a selfie, but it can also be a kind of turning point in a young woman's life of trying to reclaim her joy, and like how these images can they do the work of sort of um, reshaping the narrative of what we think uh, what what we think joy looks like for Black women. And so, what was really cool was seeing the variety because it, it you know. We are not a monolith, but I think sometimes people can can like really lean into that idea. And what was cool is that as much as you're seeing like girls in flower crowns and crochet tops, like you know, gallivanting <laughs> through the forest, mm-hmm. you're also mm-hmm. seeing like you know, like hood girls, like 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 it. it it's this. It's the full spectrum and the full complexity of our existence is what I think was so cool about, and is so cool about um about the online space and and hashtags and and this whole whole sort of like phenomenon you know that's come up
1: it's so important for us to see that that whole spectrum yeah all of us it's really important especially when it's positive when you're seeing that carefully because we can I mean recently you see the grieving mother you Mm. see the knife crime you see you see the black mother in so many other ways. It's nice just to see the freedom, to see the carefree. I think it's important for us to see as women, us to see as black women, but for the world to see us like that. I think that can help change society's view on all of us, and especially our children. That can help Mm. shape and mold minds to dream, you know, maybe bigger than their circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. And I think
0: that, how you can't sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes our imaginations need a push, we need to be given the example in order to create those dreams. How do you even know, you know, like, for me, growing up, I I didn't know that I could write about culture, <laughs> you know, like, I didn't yeah. know that that was even a thing until You know, a teacher like, you know, introduced me to film and and television and music and all these things that I love and said, you can you have opinions on these things and you can share them. You have a right. I didn't have the ability to dream for that thing until an example was set for me. And that's why it's really exciting in this current moment when we do talk about representation to consider the fact that representation is actually a part of the process of dream making, you know?
1: Absolutely. And and needs to be protected. Yes. You you know, when you said your teacher said that, you know, you can write about this. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you thinking who's going to want to hear my opinion? Or you were just like, I didn't know this was a job. (laughs) I, it
0: was, it was very much, I didn't know this was a job. I, you know, I, I, or if I, or rather like, I didn't know this was a job that I could be considered for. And it's not to say that I didn't think my opinion was valid and who's gonna wanna listen to me, but it's just because again, it's like when you don't have the example, when I first started Mm -hmm. as a young culture writer, you know, doing, you know, going to Sundance and and TIFF and all these different festivals to cover cover the the movies, I was often one of, probably the only black girl in, in the room and maybe one of like two or three people of color. And so that in and of itself, and now today, like, there's just this amazing explosion of Black women writing about culture, which is so amazing. But yeah, for me, it was like, I didn't even know that, like, this was a realm in which um, I could navigate uh, without a feeling of precarity. You know, sometimes being in white spaces can feel so dangerous.
1: In sense. I, I I agree <laughs> I, I think just actually being a black woman walking through this world oh can yeah. feel dangerous it oh, can yeah. feel extremely painful mm-hmm. and um you know on every on level, every level. I, yeah yeah I, I agree did 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 it did you did you walk into those spaces and feel the weight of that like was it tangible for you I yes I often
0: did um but I just found You know, as the older I've gotten, you know, I I realize more and more how. And this is the thing: this is what a a white supremacist world will do to you. It will, you know, I write in the book about being a a dark-skinned black woman and what that means for me. And 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 one of the things that I say is that it I didn't feel any type of way. I've never felt any type of way about being dark. I love being dark. But it's the reality of what that means, like what it means to navigate the world that way. So I guess what I'm saying is like, it's not us, it's what the world puts on us. So I always felt very confident, you know, in, 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 in my, my opinions and in my perspective, but I always knew no matter how confident I felt that I would have to contest with people who had a sense of entitlement that, um, uh, that was beyond anything that I could, (laughs) that I could ever imagine, you know, Mm -hmm. a sense of entitlement that made them feel that they could, um, they could, they could try to belittle me. And I think that one of the most amazing things about this journey as a writer, as a, as a black woman, um, writing in this field is just realizing how, um, what's what am I trying to say how like how little that matters at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know people
1: will but now will... though retrospectively right retrospect from this place but from in the moment place. it feels the stakes feel massive it feels overwhelming and impossible and it it shrinks us and, and but it's not it's real. real no That's I the know thing, but you know? it's so real when when it it can you know floor you when it can cripple people's dreams right
0: right 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 right
1: in tangible ways
0: you know that we have to talk like there is a reality of like the structural realities of what we're dealing with and I guess say it's not real uh, I mean that it the the structural reality of the thing exists and it's something that we have to contend with but I can I I do I've done a lot of work in not allowing it to touch the core center of who I know myself to be yeah yeah and
1: and that's what I mean no I know it's I know I know what you mean I just it's you've had you you have done lots of work to get to this space and it makes me very sad
0: yeah
1: because some people don't get to do the work yeah that's it that that's what I'm saying it's not it's not available for everybody for people who can't dream or don't have access or just don't have the space to even Mm -hmm. think beyond their circumstances it's um It feels very limiting.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Looking back on the the near decade about writing about pop culture, the intersections of race, gender, identity, now what has this taught you and what do you wish, what would you like to say to, I suppose, your younger self navigating that Mm. space? Yeah, yeah.
0: I wonder, sometimes I think about my younger self and like, if I told her all the things I, I know now, would she even listen <laughs> would you to listen? me?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, because there's like a stubbornness to youth that's that's really beautiful and frustrating at the same time. But I think- Yeah, that naivety that you sometimes naivety, need just yes. to, That you need, yes. You need to get through. Yes, yeah. that's such a good way of putting it. Um, For me, I think what I, I've learned and why I'm still learning- as a writer and and as an artist, is that I I have to, I have to write, you have to write from a place of love, right? Like, you can't write from fear, you can't write from um, an expectation of receiving things that don't matter, like accolades or money, all those things, these things will come, like these things will come. And if they don't come and it is what it is, but that can, that cannot be the driving force behind why you do what you do. And I think also what I've learned just in terms of finding my voice um, as a, as a writer and as a human being, quite frankly, is that I, it's really important that you, you know, it's re- it's become very important to me that i don't write um w- w- with i'm writing like this book was written for black women right mm. it and 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 it's interesting de- being in in you know dealing with the publishing industry and and online meeting and all these 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 hyper you know these worlds that that still have a lot of work to do in terms of um who the leadership is and who gets to you know who gets to to control things but uh, you know I I, I'm no longer interested in writing work that is trying to translate something for white people you know it's not to say that I don't want white people to read my work I want everyone to read my work I think that is that is what you want when you're a writer but Mm -hmm. But um, you are speaking to black women. I'm speaking to black women. I am speaking to black women and and it's important not to sanitize or um, or you know, or make or make your opinion more um, you know, agreeable Palatable commercial
1: exactly. yeah. Do, I mean, are you saying this because there are moments where you feel that you've been asked to do this or you kind of feel that little pull in yourself to. I, I don't know nice it up a little bit or kind of like make it m- make make it okay for other people when... yeah I I you know I it's funny it's
0: I I just came out of working at um the Huff Post for five years where I was a senior culture writer that was a very uh it was a it was it was such a interesting learning experience as a writer because you know when you write for online it's there's such a quick turnaround you have like you're presented with information you have to have an opinion about it in like an hour and it's it's just it's not I'm it's not for me looking back Mm. but it it was a good it was a sort of a good um boot camp in terms of the recognizing how to navigate a space that is so hostile towards any black woman with an opinion, you know? And when I look back at the things that I wrote, I realized that I was holding back so much and I still, <laughs> that's the thing about it. It's like, I still got harassment. I still got people yeah. sending me death and I was not yeah. even giving the full
1: tea, the full meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they can't even take even a taste of what oh, this really wh- is. Well, you remember that gorgeous woman who's just sitting in in her house, on her in her garden, in her blanket, like she's just sitting down. Can't remember the amazing woman with,
2: our oh, the hill but, house vintage. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: just sitting there, being myself in my own garden, having having a sandwich, whatever she was doing. Ugh. Anything you do, you breathing is going to affect yeah, exactly. and upset somebody Absolutely. exactly. And you in a position of power over somebody else is always going to hurt somebody else's ego
0: yes exactly and it's like I realized after that experience wow like if me just putting in <laughs> 20% is get, I might as well just go full throttle because it doesn't yeah. matter what I do you know yeah and, and yeah, I you think
1: full black power. you yeah. have to
0: go full because it's just like there. there's too much at stake at this point there's too much yeah. at stake and I think that for me the best writing is honest writing and i'm i'm constantly always trying to um to to uh, reach towards real honesty even honesty that m- might make me or my reader uncomfortable because we need to be uncomfortable in order to see progress
1: mm. and and what is the toll of that for you personally being that honest is it exhausting uh
0: it it's only was it exhausting.
1: liberating it, it's only exhausting
0: when I have to contend with people, but I have, I've remedied that um, by just not like I, I by just not being on the internet. Like it's just I, I just don't care anymore. You know, I, I think that um, I what I've I've learned too is that especially for black women like we have the right and we need to exercise the right in setting boundaries for ourselves you know mm. when I was dealing with those years of harassment online and, and I thought I thought for because again going back to like the strong black woman trope right I mm. thought I had to just sit there and take it and it's like you know like my people in my family would tell me oh well you know if you're not getting hate mail you're not doing it right you know and no one really no one really acknowledging the the mental toll that it takes even if you know that these people are trolls and whatever it it it's I'm still a human being (laughs) right and so when I said oh what I'm gonna do is I'm going to um post this article I said what I said and then I'm logging off I'm not going to yes. argue with you. I'm not going mm. back and forth. If you say something disrespectful, I will block you, period, point blank. Mm. And and there's no shame in that. And I think that doing these little things to protect my, my, my mental energy has been, that has actually made me a better writer because now it's like, oh, I truly leave it all on the page and I have mm. nothing else to say to you, <laughs> you know. Mm.
1: And do you even look at the comments? No, now? no,
0: no. Right. I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm,
1: mm. Good, or well
0: Good or bad. Good or bad. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: You're just writing, putting it out there. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you decide which essays made the final cut?
0: Oh, that whole experience was such a blur. <laughs> <laughs> what a blur I'm you know I'm just coming out of it the The book has been released and we've you know and I'm finally I think now processing you know the time it took to write that book which was just such a wild wild time because I was deeply you know I was dealing with a lot of me- I was struggling a lot with my mental health I was struggling a lot with like just my conception of myself as a writer and so the process of choosing what essays to be in the book and what you know what to to write about was so agonizing at, at a certain point because I wanted there was a part of me that just wanted so badly not to um not to mess up and that was, and so part of the work of like, like creating this book was me letting go of this fear of, of, of messing up, you know, me remembering that my ego, quite frankly, is not as important as the task that I've been given, which is to center and tell stories about Black women, you know, and once, once i i understood that and like i was like this is what i'm doing this for i was able then to be like okay well like what 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 are the things um what are the things that like that that i think about you know when i'm when i'm watching a lizzo music video or like mm-hmm. starting to sort of unpack it was it was weird it was very ther- therapeutic because each chapter even though I'm, I'm talking about these larger cultural um, issues, I'm also unpack- unpacking a lot of my stuff, right? Like there's a chapter on um, the strong black woman trope. There's a, a chapter on fat phobia. There's a chapter on um, the concept of freedom at all. And these were all things that I was grappling as I was writing. And so there were other chapters I even had wanted to include in the book, but I was just like, no, like there was a chapter I wanted to do on reality television. Um, but I just knew that like I it was important for me that i I imbue everything I was writing with a sense of my own experience and my own perspective. Um, because that's what representation ultimately comes down to. And this book is in a way about representation. It's about your personal connection and experience of the art that you consume, what it says about you and what it makes you feel about yourself. And so that's how I tackled, um, yeah, sort of like whittling down what, what I wanted to say. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
1: And just practically, how long did you have to, how long was the process? Ooh, Um, (laughs) chow.
0: It's only eight essays, but it took about three years total to get yeah. the whole thing done because yeah, yeah, there was a lot of,
1: there was a lot it's of, rich. it's rich. It's rich. What oh, you're, what you're writing about. It's wow. everything. Yeah.
0: Isn't it? It's everything, you know, and when you're a black woman, it's just like, it, it, you know, I have a, an Instagram page where I, I post uh, mood boards. Um, and I only post black women on my page mm-hmm. and creating the mood boards was part of my writing process. Because, you know, I, I'm compiling pictures from the 1800s all the way to today. And I could cry. I'm I'm kind of in a weepy mood right now, so pardon me. But I could cry Let just out, thinking about how amazing Black women are yeah. and how much Black women have given to this world amidst so much... Yes, there's pain and there's oppression, and, but but the fact that we... Oh, like it, I, yeah. It's just it's so and and to know and to recognize that we are part of that lineage, we are part of that story, we are continuing. We are, um, we have inherited so much from so many before us, and to actually like have that laid out for myself on a page and be able to see the threads between Rihanna and Josephine Baker and be able mm. to see the threads between. You know, it's it's just yeah, it's just, it's just, it's profound. Um, And, and it was a way for me to constantly meditate again on that complexity, on that nuance, on that multiplicity of what it means to be, uh, to be a Black woman.
1: And, and being in that space for for three years, did it feel like a spiritual practice, a calling? Was it exhausting, liberating? Was it, something you were doing every day like staying in that zone yeah I think um
0: it was very confronting which 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 was a good thing because I think you know a lot of the work that I've had to do especially as a writer is um is is step into my voice and 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 have complete trust And belief in in uh, the necessity of my voice in this world, and so being able, like being in that space of just thinking about the contributions that Black women have made to this world and how those contributions have shaped me, really forced me to then be like, well, if I can, you know, if I can take someone like Cardi B, for instance. And, and, and take her seriously as a figure in this world and really contemplate who she is and what she means. And if I can take, you know, um, someone like Maxine Harris and, and contemplate what her voice has meant, it, like, if I can do that, like, I have to take myself as seriously. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, it, it, it was a way for me to sort of commune, you know, because even as I was writing about all these these pop cultural figures um, that I, that I grew up with, I was also, I think, in a lot of ways, you know, in some way, I felt, I felt the the women of my own lineage, you know, my 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 grandmother's mother and her mother and her mother, I felt them with me, I truly did, and I think that that was. Yeah, it, it I I've never felt so clear in all my mm-hmm. life, and it's funny because it's like I was depressed throughout the entire process of writing the mm-hmm. book, and and even after it came out. But it's like almost having this space of just sitting with what I what with what I what I've done, which is like not that I've done anything. Like you know, I I I wrote a book, but like I wrote a book in conversation with with everyone with my ancestors Mm -hmm. and that is yeah that is just incredibly um grounding
1: it's a celebration yeah absolutely it's a celebration but there's also moments where it's really painful yeah and it's really sad yes (laughs) and was it important for you to keep those moments in like you could have just gone down the celebration champion cheerlead route yeah but to keep that pain in there um and to write about it why basically did was it just important to you to to not um I suppose gloss over it yeah because I I, I don't know for me
0: you know I'm a, I'm a, I I feel a lot and I feel everything a lot like very deeply and I guess when you're a feeling person, there's a certain understanding that joy and pain are kind of the same thing. They're mm-hmm. just like very, like they're they're just like very rich emotions, um, and and you can't have one without the other. And I, and and it's funny when you, you you look at the cover of the book, you see carefree black girls celebration of, of black women, and, and and it certainly is that. But I I kind of like. I like the idea of someone seeing that cover and opening the book and seeing the first thing I talk about is like dealing with mental illness and and kind of being Mm -hmm. jolted, right? Because the thing is Mm. that, again, multiplicity, complexity, we need to be able to hold Black women's joy as well as their pain. And so for me, it was like initially, the book was initially going to be a much more straightforward sort of like, you know, here's this really amazing woman and here are all the amazing things she did and here's why she's awesome, which which is also necessary too. But I wanted to do something that um, that was more about grappling with what it even means to be joyful, what it even means to be free in a world that quite frankly doesn't want to see any of us happy, you know? And it, it, it felt disingenuous for me to be going through a point in my life when I, when I was when I was trying to to find my way to join and not write about that, you know, if it, it felt disingenuous to write about this hashtag and not acknowledge the fact that the hashtag came out of a moment mm. of pain, and there's mm. something I think really beautiful and really human about, um, especially with Black women, like this 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 ability to, um, for these two emotions to exist in one body is actually, like, really, like, for me, it makes me feel so strong, you know, that I do have such a capacity to feel these emotions, and I'm not afraid, um, or I at least I try not to be afraid to talk about them, because I think that in normalizing conversations about Depression, anxiety, all these things. We can normalize the idea that happiness and joy is not. Um, it's not a place that you get to and you stay there, right? It's like life is about ebbs and flows. You're going to be very happy at one moment and very sad at the next, and those two things can can exist at the same time. You don't have to always. Because I think sometimes um, happiness can be seen as like this type of perfection and I'm not interested in perfection you know I'm, I'm interested in the messiness um mm. of being of being a person
1: mm. well that's the reality isn't it you have to meet it where it's at exactly. it's not it, 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 it's not going to be perfect is it mm-hmm. so having written the book it's out there it's been received how do you feel But like, does it feel like ah oh, my baby's out <laughs> in the world it's done um I feel really excited
0: because I mean, I just read a review just now um, written by a, a black woman on auto, auto straddle. Actually, let me look up her name because I was just so moved. You know, she, she wrote about how, how much she felt seen by my words. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that made me so okay, Here we go. That made me so emotional <laughs> because um, because you know like I'm writing about what it, what it means to be seen and to know that something I've written has you know opened up another pocket for yeah. for someone to be able to you know she she wrote about how her name is Shelly Nicole and she wrote about how she she is a culture writer and she has often grappled with you know wanting to write about her own Um, struggles but not thinking that anyone would care and reading my book has you know given her the space to pursue that and that just made me so happy and so it's funny because I look at myself a year ago and all the fear that I had about this book coming out and all of that fear has just been replaced with such joy that if of all the things I wanted my book to do it was give me the opportunity to connect with black women you know the fact that I'm talking to you on another side of the world right now about yes. these themes it just makes me so happy so it's been a really joyous um it's been
1: a really joyous time well you say that as crying and I, I <laughs> and I I think it's amazing I think it's amazing that you've you've touched people like that because that's what we all want isn't it to be mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. to feel, to feel validated to feel like we're Worthy to feel loved, but the fact that she came alive, she felt passion, she felt validated, she felt inspired to keep on doing what she's doing. That's amazing. That that's a real, real gift. Which is what I was going to ask: is Is there any changes that you've made to your life since writing the book?
0: Mm. Uh, I think that I have been trying to practice compassion a lot more. It, I I realized in the process of of working on this book how little compassion I've had for myself over over the years. Um and and I don't know it, it's just it's just I I You know, I'm so grateful, you know, I'm I'm writing in this book about a time when when I didn't, you know, wanna be here and and to be in a place where I'm not in that space anymore is such a gift. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, like I've just I've been practicing compassion more and, and like there's so many things that I wanna do, you know, so many things that I wanna write next and I I've given myself this space um to not feel so much pressure you know yes it there's no need to feel pressure it's like i'm i'm just a person who's out here trying to figure out what's going on and writing is the way that i do that and that always for me like that has to be my sacred space and i think the Mm. pressure i was putting on myself was making writing no longer sacred um Mm. so yeah so that has been the biggest change and it's and and it couldn't have happened without the struggle you know so of
1: course of course and that's the compassion coming through the empathy the care that you have for yourself yeah to come but any changes you're making in life anything that's spoken to you
2: just joy joy has definitely been something Mm. that i've been trying to be more intentional about this last couple of years. and I think, you know, things as, as much as, you know, taking the time out to read a book and actually making that effort mm. because, you know, especially with the book club, with the moms, it's always about trying to, you know, carve out that time from all the other things that has to do with, you know, being a black mom, working from home, going into the office, you know, taking kids to school. So, yeah, really, it's just been about being more intentional about having me time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of me time revolves around books um, and, just <laughs> you know, being able to talk about books and talk about writing and, you know, just the kind of conversation, again, listening to podcasts and, you know, learning and, um, you know, growing into you know, the woman that I've always wanted to be and Mm -hmm. being able to, in the moment as well, be like, wow, I actually really like this woman that I've become and I'm becoming. So yeah, really all of that. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the notion of carefree black girls just resonates so much with me because it's really about, like, you know, one of your essays that says, you know, having free of cares. Like I have zero cares about what you think about me, what I'm wearing, what I'm doing, how Mm -hmm. I choose to show up
1: yeah that's beautiful and just being yeah (sighs) see but any black girl woman mother sister out there struggling to celebrate herself and all her glory to be truly free, and I'm a hundred percent talking to myself here as well because I find this very difficult to do Mm. what would you like to say to her to that person whoever you are listening that
0: you are loved you know you are loved and you are worthy um, and you are deserving of joy but it's okay if you struggle to see that all the time because you live in a world that is actively every day trying to make you forget that and so you're going to have your slip ups and you're going to have your moments of doubt and you're going to have your your moments of, you know, shame. But you're also going to have your moments of clarity. And in those moments of clarity, those are, those are the points, you know, because I have my good days and I have my bad days, bro. Like today is a good day. Tomorrow might be a bad day, you know. But when I have my good day, I I I I grasp that that much tighter onto the knowing that I have at the core of myself, which is that I am a beautiful h- human being who is worthy of love and who is worthy of being here. And I have shit to say. Oh, I have stuff to say. And I've got shit to say and I'm here to say it. You know, that is the core, right? That is to that person, whoever you are listening, that you are loved, you know, you are loved and you are worthy, um, and you are deserving of joy. But it's okay if you struggle to see that mm-hmm. all the time. It's just because you that live anchor, in a world it? that mm. is actively every day trying to make you forget that. And so you're gonna have your slip ups, and you're gonna have your moments of doubt, and you're gonna have your your moments of, you know, shame. But you're also gonna have your moments of clarity, and in those moments of clarity, those are those are the points, you know. Because I have my good days and I have my bad days, bruh. Like today is a good day, tomorrow might be a bad day, you know. But when I have my good day, I I I I grasp that that much tighter onto the knowing that I have at the core of myself, which is that I am a beautiful human being. Who is worthy of love and who is worthy of being here? And I've got shit to say, and I'm here to say it. And you have, you have a right to be on that journey, as messy as that journey is.
1: Mm. And you have a right to be carefree. Yes. <laughs> so Zeba, what's next for you?
0: Oh, child, I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a novel. I have another nonfiction book coming out next year. Um, and a couple other you know I just want to keep telling stories you know like I just want to keep telling stories and keep being curious um I have a newsletter um called Carefree Black Girl on Substack where I write uh more about the themes in the book about pop culture um and I yeah I just want to continue to connect and um and celebrate the beauty of black women and girls
1: yeah. And Tukumbo, what's next for you with the book club and the book boxes for black mothers and their children?
2: Um, I think I would just really love to expand the book club and, you know, have more, being able to get the books into more black homes, um, really just getting black children reading, black mums reading, getting everybody reading. Um, love to be able to also you know, getting, take across to the U.S. Um, I, I have so much love for, you know, the Black, the African-American diaspora movement in the U.S. and really being able to connect with, you know, authors like um, Zebra it's just been awesome. So, yeah, just really wanting to get more people reading, getting more Black, and also getting more Black women to be carefree in yes. their outlook in life.
1: That That's it. That is the life mission isn't it just to be carefree and protect that and and know that it's okay and um, yeah that it's that you're allowed I think you don't need permission yes you can do this and it's okay and don't ask for it just be it which I I say intellectually and you know (laughs) on the ground on the trenches it's hard you've got all these messages come at you it's hard but you know both of you what you're doing it's great. And I think it, it inspires me to be more careful. At least I can see it, you know, I can see it at the end of the tunnel. So I thank you both for all that you do. And just thanks so much for sharing. Thank you for having me. This was lovely.
2: Thank you. This has been, it was like being just marinating in your conversations, <laughs> and I've just been on the sideline, just like in soaking it all in. Just been, yeah, it's such a great Good space.
1: soul food.
2: Dope. Black moms.
1: If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.